So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance Okay. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing the premiere of season six of Happily Ever After. In this episode, we get reintroduced to a bunch of people we already know pretty well. Angela is getting ready for her weight loss surgery. Andre wants to ask Chuck for a loan. Kalani and Asuelu are house shopping. Mike and Natalie are ring shopping. And Brandon and Julia get off the farm and go to Vegas. As always, we'll end with our class dunces, students of the week, and life lessons. We're also covering Before the 90 Day Season 1 on this channel. This week, we're covering episodes 11 and 12. And next week, we'll cover episode 13 and the tell-all. You can watch along with us on Hulu or Discovery+. Plus. Okay, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. You know, just, just getting through. We got a new season, though, so that's something to look forward to. Well, you know, it's one of those yes things no. where it seems really great at the beginning, and then about a couple of episodes in, you're like, oh, yeah, I remember how terrible you are. Right. I, I, <laughs> I do prefer getting at least some new people that I'm like... You know, it takes me a good chunk of the season to realize how much I don't like them. Right. And you're kind of like, oh, well, it's like refreshing because you're like, oh, you've had a break. You've had some space and distance from these people. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, not so much. So let's let's start with let's go ahead and start with the ones that we didn't have any space or distance from or one of the ones. I guess it was the only one this episode, wasn't it? Uh, No, Mike and Natalie. Oh, Mike and Natalie, too. That's right. Well, Brendan and Julia is what I'm starting with. Yes. So we see Brandon, who, a reminder, is 27, and his wife, Julia, who's 26, who live in their you – know, they live on his parents' farm in Dinwiddie, Virginia. But right now, it's time to get away from the farm. But only for a vacation. They did a bunch of fake-out things at the beginning of every, like, every scene. They're not moving out permanently, but they are headed to Vegas. We recap their whole meeting and their relationship, which fills in actually a lot of new details about how Julia had met one of Brandon's friends in Korea, and so he went yeah. to Korea, and I don't I don't feel like Korea was mentioned before at no. all. No, what's up with that? Yeah, and there was a whole thing about a blue rose, and I don't know. But anyway, uh, we do afterward learn that things financially right now are looking up. Brandon has a new job that has less hours and makes more money. And so, while they're in, while he's in between jobs, they're going to Vegas to celebrate. They say goodbye to Brennan's parents, Betty and Ron, uh, who warned them not to get sucked into a party town because that's what <laughs> Vegas is. It's a party town. It seems like they're making a really big deal out of like a weekend trip to Vegas, but okay. Yeah. Ron expresses his concern that Brandon is becoming eh, more submissive to Julia's whims. And Betty thinks that, you know, it must have been Julia's idea to go to Vegas. Um, because Brandon is just basically, without saying it, whipped. <laughs> Julia is excited for the gambling, the fun time, and of course, alone time with Brandon. She hopes that this trip will inspire Brandon to want to move to a big city. Julia is excited to finally see a big city in the U.S., especially one that Brandon hasn't been to either. So they go off, they go to the same off-strip resort that all the 90-day couples go to. Yeah. And Julia double checks to make sure that they're in the same room and Betty didn't like mess anything up and separate them. <laughs> but that night, uh, Julia puts on some big glasses and they hit the town. Julia loves the way Vegas feels so far and is already – I thought she was going to hint at it, but then she just said it out loud – suggests that they should move to Vegas and oh, live gosh. there. 
Brandon, who we stress never takes anything seriously, right? Um, makes a super dry, sarcastic joke about like, well, actually, I already called ahead and we're looking at a house tomorrow. Just kidding. No, we're not doing that. Julia doesn't. Uh, Julia doesn't really appreciate it uh, any more than either of us did. You know, he just says that, you know, thou, they're just in casino land and none of this is real life. He doesn't want to have to get a new license for work and all that kind of stuff. But Julia wants more options that the big city offers. At the end of the day, she really just doesn't want to live on the farm anymore. Julia wants to live somewhere where she's in charge, not Betty. And she gets... Then he gets really snippy and says, like, well, fine, then. I guess we'll just live in a cardboard box around the corner unless yeah. you have some hidden income. Anyway, she's really put off by his reluctance to move, especially since she already moved so far away from him. All right. So, I don't know. This one, the one that got me, Do are these two people aware that there are, is a vast array of differences between living on a farm in rural Virginia and living <laughs> in downtown Las Vegas? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I have to say that I kind of agreed they weren't neither of them were really entirely wrong. I think sure. that Brandon by saying, you know, this is casino land, nothing's real here. Like that's a bit of an exaggeration, but I do think that Vegas does have some shady sides to it that maybe sure. aren't as appealing. We I mean, we've seen it how many of our love after lockup couples live in vegas or the vegas area right we definitely see kind of a more seedy shady side of vegas and i think the kind of people that uh live there you know are kind of into more of that vegas lifestyle you know the partying the gambling and you know i actually do have quite a few friends that live out in vegas and they're not really into the partying and the gambling but you know it's it's really just, I don't know, you're very like, it's like a lot of space if you're living off strip, right? And who lives Which, on strip? Who lives on the there? strip? That's it's little, And that's the thing about the about Vegas is like, it is 100%. It's it's literally like a Disneyland. It's Disney yeah. World, right? It's like, there, the, yes, there's things on the strip and there's uh, things, but they're all hotels. Nobody is there permanently. Right? Everybody lives off. So I get what he's saying when he says it's not the real world because it is right. a bit like a grown up Disney World. Like, yeah. And you're not living on the strip. So, I mean, that's and, – and if you're off strip, it's basically like you're in a desert. I mean, that you yes. are. You're like basically no, you're in, in a, literally desert. a desert. So, I mean, you're definitely a trade-off from the farm. Like, I, you know, to me, if I was to pick farm or desert, I don't know. Depends on how rural this farm is. But I probably – I think I would go farm. Okay. They're definitely overselling the ruralness of this farm. Uh, because this is this is this is not my neck of the woods, but I've driven through Dinwiddie a lot of mm-hmm. times, right? Because when you drive, I drove you know between North Carolina and, and and DC a lot, and you drive through there, it's like thirty minutes from Richmond. It's not like nowhere ever, right? Yeah. And Richmond is a surprisingly big city, um, and so it's weird to me that it's like that's one. So your options are farm and Dinwiddie or like. Vegas. I was like, can't they like move to Richmond? Because I also get him, hey, I need to be in Virginia. I have my license in Virginia. My parents are nearby. So like, it seems like that would be like the step up. It doesn't have to be, let's move across the literal damn country instead of just like, well, let's go to a bigger place in Virginia. So we're not on a farm. Right, right. So one thing that 
I also feel like uh, Ron and Betty were overly concerned about was how crazy Vegas was going to be. Because let's remind ourselves (laughs) that we're in the middle of a pandemic. And so I've actually been to Vegas a few times um, during the pandemic. And I would say that it is not crazy at all. Uh, Most things are closed down. You just have to be very intentional about things. You can still have fun, but you just have to make reservations for everything. So I guess that's a tip for anyone who's going to Vegas anytime soon. If you want to go to any kind of sit-down restaurant, you just have to remember to make a reservation. Um, There really are no clubs. It's really a lounge. And so they've kind of converted all their clubs to lounges. You have to have, like, table service to even get in. So that's, like... $700 right there. And I I can't see Brandon and Julia for two people, you know, spending $700 just to be in a club atmosphere. And so let's say you do, you're like sitting in a little couch area, like by yourselves because everybody's social distance, like technically in this lounge, like the drinks get brought to you. So it's like you really have no excuse to like mingle. Like what kind of partying are you expect? What are they going to do? Like, get drunk and have sex well they could do that at home too you know it's not all that different. <laughs> right right and it's yeah it's not like julia can do her dancing that she wants to do or anything like that like i assume from what you what it sounds yeah. like you're saying but yeah like that and it's a good point and so i mean i get that it's like lights but yeah right. but i mean it, i don't know it also just seems like i don't know they, they both of these parents have a familiar to me um fear of like the city in general like yes. the city will suck you in and and and, and <laughs> trap you if to nothing. Like like I would hate I would hate to like I mean Vegas is one thing they have their own things, but I would just like I, I can't imagine what they think about like say Baltimore, which is like my nearest city. Right. Like, oh no, that'll just it's death on every corner. Yeah, <laughs> I think the only thing I would be concerned about if I was Ron and Betty, like legitimately, is the gambling because Julia was all excited about like the slot machines in the airport. She was like, "Oh, we can make more money here." It's like, "Oh, okay." Like, yeah, don't. No, you're not making. You're not. You're not making. I mean, people make money gambling, but not doing slot machines. They don't. Right. Right. Okay, uh, let's talk about Michael and Angela. So we see Angela, who is 54, from Hazelhurst, Georgia. She's weighing herself, and she's convinced her scale is broken. She is currently living with her six grandkids and her daughter, Skyla. Angela tells us that after being a meemaw, she claims she hung up her vagina. That is, until she met Michael, 32, from Lagos, Nigeria. She married him while in Nigeria since their K-1 visa was denied, and they are hoping that they can get him over on a spousal visa. Angela says she didn't have that much time after the wedding because she had to rush home because her mother was dying. It's now been seven months since the wedding. The, The COVID, as she says it, has ruined everything for Angela, including her weight gain, delayed visas, and being stuck in a full house. Angela wants to have weight loss surgery, but Michael isn't supporting that decision. Angela just feels uncomfortable at this weight, and she feels like losing weight would make her feel more confident and comfortable and healthy. She thinks that the weight loss surgery is to prolong her life for her grandkids and for Michael. All the grandkids agree that she's getting fatter, and they all think she's getting fatter because Mima is always eating (laughs) cakes, donuts, candy canes, but that's also for her breath, and ice cream. 
Angela wants to be a sexy bitch because there's more pressure on her to be attractive now that she has a younger man. She hopes that Michael comes around and sees this surgery for what it is. Back in Nigeria, Michael is holding a baby as he as the baby poops. He doesn't want to change their diaper, but his sisters change the diaper as he holds the baby. Michael gives his version of the story, which is that he met Angela on social media, and five months later, they started sending sexy pictures to one another. He thinks Angela is sexy, and Michael has no idea when they'll be able to live as uh, Okimi and wife. Uh he had a couple pronunciations of it, but one you, of them. I hope you said it. I hope you said the right one. Yeah, well, yes, because one <laughs> of them means my penis, apparently. So he doesn't know when they're going to be able to live together. He updates his aunt that Angela is going to have weight loss surgery. His aunt thinks that Angela should listen to her husband and just not do it. They think that Angela is wasting her money on her looks, and she should be saving money to try and get a child. They want Angela to be a woman that can give Michael a child. His aunt thinks he should abandon his marriage and marry a Nigerian woman. Michael thinks that it will be different once he's actually over there, and he doesn't want to push her while they still have distance. Michael says he's not a fan of divorce, but if Angela doesn't want to have any kids, he'll have no choice. Angela video calls with Michael and all the grandkids. The grandkids leave so Angela can talk to Michael about her upcoming trip to California, where, where that's where she's going for her weight loss surgery. Angela is worried about her aging looks. Angela says he should worry because she's still he shouldn't worry because she'll still have big boobs and she's going to work on, you know, her big butt. Michael tells us that people have lost their lives in Nigeria getting this kind of surgery. He's also kind of concerned that she's trying to glow up to find someone else that's closer in age or better looking than him. Angela reassures him that he is her guy because it's only once in a lifetime. Oh gosh, you're going to we oh, this, yeah. that a penis fits in a vagina like a glove <laughs> what's wrong with her vagina then i'm so know. confused <laughs> uh, angela has been on a liquid diet and she's really struggling and so she's very hungry michael suggests that she just drink water and angela asks him what's that gonna do angela tells him that she now weighs 274 pounds and all michael can say is wow Angela tells him to just be supportive, and Michael is annoyed because there's nothing he can do, and he just has to trust her. She tells him that he'll love, like, her new body and to trust her. Angela is packing up for California for surgery. Angela does a runway walk for Skyla to show her the before. Skyla is scared and nervous for her mom's surgery. She thinks that her mom might continue to smoke and overeat, which could make things worse for her after the surgery. Angela lands in L.A. and she thinks she will fit in with her stun of shades and big earrings. Angela is going to have to give up smoking and this is going to be a challenge since she says she's been smoking for 40 years. Which, if you do the math, means she was 14 when she started. Yeah, that sounds about right. Angela mm -hmm. has never been to L.A. and so she's so excited and gives a Georgia holler in her Uber. Angela tells her Uber driver that it's weird to see dogs on leashes and having their poop picked up for them because she says in Georgia, dogs just shit wherever the hell they want. Angela calls her specialist for her surgery and she gets the rundown of all the tests she has to get done, including a pregnancy test. As Angela gives a hearty laugh uh, at the last test, the specialist hears the huskiness in her laugh and asks her if she's quit smoking. Mm. <laughs> Angela lies and says yes, even though she literally had had a cigarette 15 minutes ago. 
Angela then asks, what happens if I did smoke? And the specialist says that it might prevent the incision from closing and she could have complications. She admits that she had solids that morning and the specialist emphasizes that she needs to continue the liquid diet. Angela gets that she hasn't been respecting the rules and now she's starting to realize that they could have dire consequences. All right, so... Have you ever lied to the doctor about anything so you didn't get in trouble? <sighs> um, no, but it, that not because it makes me look good, but because I barely ever talked to a doctor. Oh, gosh. <laughs> like, so I have no lies to tell. I don't, I don't they never ask me any questions. Yeah, I actually just recently <laughs> kind of like maybe not entirely told the truth. Um, so... Uh, I think we had mentioned a while ago that I did a clinical trial. So I've actually been vaccinated since uh, last October or November. But while I'm looking at some of the countries and some of the countries are saying, you know, like you have to have one of the uh, two vaccinations. So right now it'd be Pfizer or Moderna in order for you to get into their country. And so I'm nervous about like the fact that this kind of vaccination passport is starting to happen because mine is not an authorized vaccine. So I talked to the researchers doing the trial and they said, yeah, you can get another vaccine. But when I'm filling out the consent form for, you know, to get it, they asked, have you had another vaccine? And I'm like, I don't want to have to justify this and I don't want them to turn me away. So I just said no. So I don't have to worry about it. So, yeah, I did mm. recently lie. All right. I mean, it just it. I mean, OK, so the whole point of the gastric sleeve, right, mm -hmm. is to, you know, Make it so your stomach – but you know how many people break those and like go through it and like re-expand their stomach because they don't follow the rules afterwards? Yeah, like I can see Like it's super, that. super common. And so like I, I – if I'm the doctor and the doctor – I mean doctors I, I think are, you know, more aware, aware of what's up like yeah. you said. And I don't do liquid diet. It's like if you can't follow the rules of a liquid diet for like a, a, whatever the two weeks before the surgery, the week before the surgery, then I – can't trust you to be responsible with the, with the results of the surgery. Like I don't know right. how I'm supposed to do that. Like, so I, 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 yeah, it's 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 not a good sign. And like, yeah, definitely one of those things that like, you know, I've never I've never smoked, and like, I'm always glad I did because like random things, like, well, you know, your incisions won't heal if you're a smoker. It's I like, know what? that's concerning. That is super concerning. Like, I. You know, and I do think that people need to know, like, what the consequences are to things sometimes because I do think that some people kind of are just like, oh, they're just saying that. But, you know, I don't think it sunk into Angela until the specialist actually gave her a specific reason why she needed to quit smoking. And then all of a sudden yeah. she's, like, freaking out, like, oh, God, I just had a cigarette, like, 15 minutes ago. Am I in trouble? Okay, well, come on. Let's, let's both, uh, you know – admit this, Angela's probably an anti-masker, right? And she says, we don't need to wear that mask for anything. Like, whatever. Like, she wears it on the camera because I'm sure they make her. But I bet out in life, I, I doubt she's a – I doubt she went through the pandemic really, um, you know, gung-ho about the quarantine. Yes, I agree with, like, the whole quarantine thing. But I think she might have been good about the mask because remember on the tell-all, the last season she was on, how she was the only one wearing a mask but we were virtual at that point. Right, but she said she had had dental work done and was just covering up her mouth. Yeah, I don't know, though. <laughs> and it was under her nose the whole time. Oh, gosh, yes, that's true. 
Yeah, I, it's hard to say. I don't, I don't want to pretend I know too much about someone or make assumptions just because she is very vocally pro-Trump. Well, I mean, also, uh, it just also vocally, I'm going to do what I want. Yes, that's true. And she doesn't respect the rules. She's already said this yeah. is an issue. Right, right. So that's all the stuff. Okay, can we also, I'm going to break this down because I'm already frustrated with this. Are we going to have to make, listen to her talk about her vagina and Michael's dick all season long? I feel like they're just doing it because it gets a rise out of people, right? Yes, I feel so too. Like she's definitely hamming it up. You know, she's trying to be the funny one. It's very obvious she's trying to be the funny one. Yes. And well, in her funny one, one specific way. Every time I say vagina, people think it's funny. So I'm just going to keep saying vagina all the time. I, I, You know, I think she's trying to recapture her... You know, her, she got a pretty famous catchphrase after her first or second season, you know, like, I just, I, I just need an egg. I can tote it. Tote it. I can tote it. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's just trying to get another one of those gems coming out, you know, and so she's just throwing everything at the wall, like hoping for the best. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I just, it was, it wasn't just them this episode. I feel like a lot of these um, couples really leaned hard into um, double entendres and like lame ass um, dick jokes. Like seriously, not even good ones. <laughs> right. I am actually really concerned because the last time we kind of left off, like I was under the impression that Michael was kind of okay with the idea that maybe they would possibly need to adopt if you really wanted a kid or, you know, that right. them having a biological kid like at least with Angela, might not have been possible, right? And now he's like saying, now that he's not with her, all of a sudden he's like, well, I may have to divorce her. She can't give me a kid. It's like, does she know that? Because I think this is a problem. It definitely, I mean, I I hate to say it, but it definitely smacks of something that producers are putting in their their mouths. Like, you know, talk more about how she has to have a kid. We want to, because we want to get her to the gynecologist. That's another, another, like, big one we like to have. Like, and so, I mean, yes and no, but taking it at its word, it was, it's almost like I can see why if they've been separated Mm -hmm. and, you know, his aunt there is in his ear and his aunt has always been. You know, in the show, always been, well, no, no, children are nothing. That's the only thing that matters. Children are nothing. But you're right. I thought the conclusion we had come to was that she can't have children and they were going to get married anyway. Yeah. But they were lying to his family about it. Right. And I think they were also trying to convince Skyla. And I I know he's holding out hope, but he has to know that that is not a sure thing. Not even close to a sure thing. Not even an inkling of a possibility at this point. Not even, yeah, not even a, yeah, it, it, it's a, a, a struck by, you know, struck by lightning thing, a lightning shot at best. Yeah. Oh, poor Skyla. And she has to live with these people, like, constantly pressuring her. That yes. sucks. Uh, it does suck. I mean, yeah. yeah. All right. So, who else sucks? Okay. How about um, <laughs> Kalani and Asuelu? Yeah. All right, so Kalani, who is from Washington, Utah, is house shopping. They try to play with us by having her and the real estate agent talk a lot about, like, new beginnings and clean slate to try to get us thinking that maybe she's divorced now. But her husband, Asuelu, who is 25 and from Samoa, is in the master bedroom of the house wrestling with the bo- with their boys. They run us through their story so far. Um, 
you know, which in, includes um, weirdly enough a lot of fighting and a lot of accidental pregnancies. Oh, like he came, he brought her to the country because she accidentally got pregnant, and then when things were rocky, they got married because she accidentally got pregnant again. And then last season they just fought with each other and his family. Um, you know, of course, the season when they were on HEA and they met his family and the family just wanted money and their marriage was in really serious trouble. Back in the present, they're, you know, talking with the agent about the house and the price of building a new one since they were looking at the model. And he said it would be about $362,000. Things are a bit better financially now since Sisuelu is making money as an Uber driver, but, you know, it's still outside of their price range. They were shopping for houses because, you know, Asuelu thinks that living in his own place will make things better for him in their relationship because right now they're living with her parents who, let's be honest, don't like Asuelu and he doesn't particularly care for them either. Back at mom and dad's house, Kalani is talking about, you know, how cordial but tense things are um, between her parents and Asuelu. Soon they get a call from Kalani's sister Kalini who is who she is worried is never going to be able to get along with the Swelu. She, you know, shuffles the kids away with her mom and sets up one of the kids' iPads to talk to Kalini. She's very surprised to hear that, you know, that Kalani is thinking of buying a house with the Swelu. Kalani says, you know, I think this is, you know, one of our last kind of last ditch effort shot to save the marriage if we can get a place of our own. Kalini points out that, you know, having a whole house together will definitely make things harder if you get divorced. <laughs> So she wants Kalani want things to work out, but is kind of already planning Kalani's divorce party. Then she also drops what is probably going to be the next plot line for the next few um, episodes, at least. How you know she's coming over for a visit and is going to stay in the house with everyone. You know, not to piss anybody off specifically, but just to <laughs> see everybody. Right. Right. Of course. Okay. So. I don't know. That's I guess that's the big issue going to be moving forward. Is there is there anything Asuelu could do to at least soften Kalani? Not talk about her pom-poms anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What was that about? I don't think I've ever heard breasts referred to as pom-poms. Boom, boom. I don't know. It's like uh, pom-poms. I feel like it's almost lost in translation, but I don't know what he was trying to say instead. Yeah. I don't know. Either way, extremely like weird, (laughs) immature, weird. Yeah, like are you are you in seventh grade? I'm confused. Yeah, Uh, I mean, a lot of things that he does is very childlike. Like very childlike. He's very very childlike, which is concerning in on a few levels. (laughs) Yes, like you're supposed to be an adult in this partnership, raising kids, and you act like a kid. Yeah, like, and, and I know a lot of, like, women have to deal with that. Like, it's like I'm raising three kids, but it's usually yeah. just because the guy is, like, lazy and, and, and doesn't pull his weight and do the chores, not because he's literally, like... A child. pom-poms. Yeah, pom-poms. I get pom-poms and wrestle with kids on floor. Yeah, like, like, actually, like, actually, like a child. But it's also, like, but, you know... There, there's, there's been accidental pregnancies, so she takes this childlike person and is like, I find that sexy uh, at some level. That, yes. It's like when you think about it like that, it's like, oh, that's so gross. Multiple levels. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just feel bad about their situation because it just seems like Kalani is trying so hard to make this work because of the kids. 
And she doesn't yes. really seem like she has an interest in really genuinely making it work out. And I think hearing Kalini's side of it, like, it's pretty obvious. Because, I mean, we only hear their conversation now, but I feel like Kalani and Kalini probably have talked about this you know, in private themselves. And that's why Kalini is like joking about like a divorce party. Yeah. Yeah. The colors are black, by the way, because of the death of her marriage. Yes. Um, No, I mean, but uh, he's not like wrong though. And I feel like buying a house is probably not the right move. um, As someone who literally just settled on his house after his divorce. Um, Uh, (laughs) I'll tell you, that's not, uh, it does make things harder if things go wrong. But like, Having their own place would definitely change the dynamic of everything. Yes. And I agree that they probably do need to get out from under their parents. But it also kind of scares me a little bit. Because from what everything that we've seen, it just seems like he is scared to death of Kalani's dad. And Uh so in a way, yes, he's really uncomfortable, which probably makes him really agitated and, you know, very distant. But at the same time, I feel like he's on his best behavior because he's got, you know, big, scary dad, like all up in his business. It does concern me what happens when he's now free to talk to Kalani the way we've seen him talk to her and to behave the way he behaves like when things do go wrong. Right. Well, I mean, also, you face it now. I mean, Kalani's mom is pretty much picking up the slack that he's supposed to be picking up. Yes. That right, too. and so so she's doing that, and so his his promise is, well, if I had my own place and I wasn't so agitated and 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 you know felt like I was under watch all the time, mm-hmm. which you know is is disorienting and frustrating and, and puts you in a bad place. He's like, well, I would do better, but I was like, that's a gamble to take because he might yeah. not, right? And then so she's stuck without the support that she had that she would need. It's almost like they need just like another little vacation just to kind of see how they are, like not visiting anyone's family, you yeah, know, that's but also true. just having to take care of the kids because, the kids, yeah. I mean, we haven't really seen him take care of the kids. We've seen him play with the kids, but in mm-hmm. terms of actually helping out. And it is, it is something that, something that goes on with that dynamic too, because it's the, it's, you know, it's her parents. And so those are people who grow, grew up with. She feels at home there. He never feels at home. Like he's yeah. – so – and so I totally get like if you're stuck there and it's somebody else's parents and you're like living in their basement or whatever, you you never feel like you have a place and you have a home. And like, and like she feels that more than he, he does. But yeah, I, I kind of agree. And, it, and you wouldn't feel like that on a vacation, right? This isn't yeah. my place yet. This isn't my, you know – my castle but that's unfortunate because he definitely would have that this is my castle and it's like but you have to earn like the head of household type thing and he would not he would just declare it (laughs) okay let's move on to mike and natalie so natalie is 36 from kiev ukraine she's sitting by herself on a pier when michael 35 from squim washington walks up behind her and this is probably the most affection we've seen from the both of them since they were in Ukraine. It was very different than last season we saw them on, which was like literally yeah. last week. Michael is back to his jovial self and talking up Natalie. They remind us how they met, which they were both named godparents to their friends, baby. And then Mike started pursuing Natalie and they hit things off. 
After spending about three weeks total in person, Mike proposed to Natalie in Paris. Uh, Then after came their trip in the Ukraine, where Natalie then had a lot of drama with Mike, and she ended up giving him back the ring. Their visa was approved, and Mike felt like it would be a waste if they didn't use it. So Mike admits that, you know, it was a shit 90 days. When asked by the producers to talk about what happened the day of the canceled wedding, Mike just simply refuses to talk about it. He said it is for him and him alone. He simply says he wasn't ready that day, but ultimately they weren't ready to give each other up. They're taking a a trip to Seattle, which Natalie is happy about because the wood has made her wild and she's excited to get out. She then tells us she keeps hearing random screams in the woods. Mike assures her that the only person who's going to get her is him. Natalie is sitting with Mike and points out that he isn't wearing any wedding ring, and he we find out he never got one. She worries that he's not committed if he can't bring himself to wear a ring. Natalie shows off the ring that she bought herself for $3 at some shop with some stones. Natalie says she wants to buy him a matching $3 ring. Mike says that he can't wear a ring at work because it's a safety issue. It could get caught on something. Mike admits that the rings aren't important and the marriage itself is what is important. Natalie thinks the ring is symbolic of how serious he is taking this marriage and will question their marriage if he refuses to wear one. Natalie has found a place for them in in Seattle to shop for a wedding ring for Michael. They go to Stargazers, which Natalie calls a ring shop, but it's really just an energy crystal store. Natalie says that she believes in energies, and Michael reminds us that he believes in aliens and energies and atoms and that we were made from space dust. The shopkeeper, Bijan, believes that there is a lot of love between Mike and Natalie. They're picking out incense, which Mike thinks will heat things up in the bedroom. Bijan asks why they've waited so long to buy a ring, and Mike says because COVID was rough. Mike doesn't think that this ring is going to help anything. They mess around and Natalie gets on her knee to present the ring to Mike as Bijan claps. Mike thinks it's just a ring at the end of the day, a symbol, and it's just not important. Natalie brings up having a real honeymoon and Mike brings up the idea of Oklahoma to visit his mom for Thanksgiving. Natalie is nervous about this idea because she wants to make a good impression on his mom. Mike thinks that if she is scared, she's never going to develop a real relationship with his mom. Natalie is aware his mom didn't want him to get married, so she's worried if she will have any kind of influence on Mike. All right, so here's another thing that we can see that they just are not seeing things eye to eye, and it's this ring. Uh So if something isn't a big deal, like a ring, or you also hear about it, like just getting married in general, like a wedding certificate, why do you think Mike or just in general people drag their feet on something that they think is so unimportant? If it's so unimportant, just do it. Right. Well, I mean, okay, so he had at least a reasonable excuse because he probably can't wear it at work. If you wear industrial things, you can't wear it at work. But that's kind of lame, like, because especially now that they have those silicone ones. Yeah. I, they, you know, they, they, they're not going to rip your finger off if it gets caught in something. Right. Um, so, yeah, but it, it, it's one of those things that just like people dig their heels in about it's not a big deal. Why are you making me do it? But it's like, but and just you're getting, you're in a fight really over whether it's a big deal or not. Yeah. Is how the fight ends up, and you're putting your feet down by saying it's not a big deal, so I'm not doing it. 
And the big deal is you trying to make me do stuff. Yeah, I mean, I've, I feel like I've had so many friends that have been in a similar situation, not with a ring specifically, but this argument over, you know, they've been together forever and, you know, one of them really wants to get married. And the other sure. one says, oh, well, why do we need to get married? I'm committed to you. It's pointless. It's just a piece of paper. Well, if it's just a fucking piece of paper, just do it, you know? And it's like, to me, <laughs> right. this is the same thing as the ring. Like, why do you need it? It's just a ring. It doesn't mean anything. I am committed to you. Well, if it's not a big deal and it doesn't mean anything, just do it. Like, I, to me, I get the part where people feel like they're being controlled, right? And they are being told to do something. That's the part that they, you know, really want to dig their feet into. But it's sure. also a simple gesture. I mean, not the wedding thing. The wedding thing is like kind of just a big production and money. But this is like a $3 ring. Like, it's a simple gesture to make your partner happy. The people who were like, it's just a piece of paper. I could see if it, it, as, yes. even as a compromise, be like, sure. oh, well, you know what? I don't want to have the big wedding thing. Let's We'll go to yeah. the courthouse. We'll get the paper signed. We'll, we'll have a nice dinner. And then that, is that okay? But they're like, yeah. no, 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 no. We, we don't need it at all. And yeah, I think part of it is them lying to themselves that it is a big mm-hmm. deal. Because if it wasn't a big deal, you'd just do it, right? Right. If you're like, oh, could you empty the dishwasher? If you were like... I shouldn't have to empty the dishwasher. It's not a big deal that the dishwasher is not empty yet. So I'm not going to do it. Like, you know, things that are legitimately not a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, or another one is like taking your shoes off in the house. Like if you mm-hmm. if you want to keep your shoes on, you'll keep your shoes on. If it's not a big deal, you'll just take your shoes off. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, it's a, that's a good point. I think, I think that's what it is. It's definitely people fooling themselves about it. Like, I don't know, man. But like this whole thing was, again, this is the other group – that is just like, oh no, they're gonna try to make sex jokes the whole time, aren't they? Like, <sighs> yeah. Nobody out here is gonna take you but me. Like, that's gross, <laughs> Mike. Stop. Ugh. You know, although it's kind of like ugh, gross, like icky for us to have to hear it. On the other hand, it's kind of like, oh, thank you. You're actually smiling and actually looks like you guys like each other a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, that's the uh, I don't know what what I what I always gathered. I definitely thought. Mike always thought she was hot, mm-hmm. right? And I think I, I, I probably agree that the that their sex life was probably never on the rocks, right? Yeah, it was the rest of their relationship. It's like that. So that's what. But yes, we did have things where he like snuck up behind her and called her sexy and like picked her up and twirled her. And it's like, oh, actual affection from these people. Right. Interesting. Instead of him looking like he just like his dog just died, you know? It's like he had that like mopey like Ugh, look on his face the entire season. I don't think he cracked a smile once. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, where would you go to get your cheap ring? Would you go to the um Magic Crystal store? I don't know. I feel like that's just encouraging Mike and his alien theories. <laughs> She said – they walked in and she said, are you on a mission or an adventure? I would have walked – I would have walked right back out. <laughs> I know. I was like – I wanted to – when I was like writing up the summary, I was like, do I call it the hippie store? I don't know what to call this place. It wasn't – it was like and, – and, and to be fair, that, that, that shop girl seems so sweet. But like yes. – but yeah, just – I wouldn't even know. I would feel so awkward for the rest of the time in my store if I walked into a store and they were like, hello, are you on a mission or an adventure? I'd be like, <laughs> I don't – what? I'm confused. 
Did I? Do you know me? I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um. Well, to answer your question, I think I would just buy it on Amazon, right? Especially if you're trying to go cheap. Like, you can get a cheap ring on Amazon. Or Overstock. That's another yeah. random place you can get cheap jewelry. Yeah. I mean, it, especially if you're looking for the $3 one. <laughs> you could go to Dollar Tree or something. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> uh, she was very proud of her $3 ring. She was. And it was... It was nice enough. I mean, and I think to Natalie's point, it's like the fact that you're just wearing any ring as a symbol, right? And right. to her, I think there's kind of the idea of uh, what it looks like from the outside. And we know that uh, she's very concerned with image and things like that. So I sure. think for her, it's kind of an indication like, look, I'm wearing a wedding ring because I'm proud to be married. I'm okay with other people knowing that I'm married. And I think that's yes. what the symbol is for her. And I mean, to some extent, I think also the sign that, you know, other women back off, this guy's married, you know, like, or at least, <laughs> right. or, or at least give pause, this guy's married. <laughs> You say that, but uh, that, that apparently there's some women that that doesn't stop. So. Right. In fact, it might attract them. But, uh, you know, at the same time, I think that she's just, you know, trying to, even if the woman doesn't care, you know, to say, right. say, says something about Mike. So she knows, yeah, to know that Mike, this, this guy, this guy has a wife, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think it's a lot about image outward facing and not just, you know, between her and Mike. Right, but that yeah, that's always been that. You're right; that has always been her her motivation. Mm -hmm. All right, so going to otherly motivated people, we go to Libby and Andre. Oh, so we start with Libby, who's 30, doing a photo shoot for her 34 year old husband Andre, like for his I guess real estate business. At well, it's not even at their house; it's at her sister's house, and they live in Tampa. <laughs> Either way, he's posting behind an open house sign. Eventually, after a bunch of weirdness, we find out that Andre had got his real estate license and wants to start a business flipping houses. He's not really practiced at the salesmanship just yet. Um, it, it, it Then they kind of go to an interview and it seems like they say he would have been okay continuing to be a stay-at-home dad. Um, but, you know, Libby wants him to make some money. So... We recap some of their previous seasons on the show. They've been on, you know, they had their 90 days where the, well, they met, you know, in when she was touring around Europe. They had their 90 days, ended up getting married. He's always been butting heads with her family. And then last year, um, yeah, they, they, had a, they had a kid shortly after their marriage. And of course, last year they went to Moldova and had a second wedding in his home country. Um, again, the common theme to basically everything that's happened is Andre butting heads with Libby's pretty hard-headed family <laughs> specifically um her dad the dad a little bit but that's been getting better but now it moves to um her brothers and sister anyway andre says that last season he you know his and libby's dad chuck, her name his name is chuck their relationship has improved but he hasn't spoken to her brother charlie um since they returned from moldova because he drunkenly took the microphone and talked shit during their wedding reception about you don't you come to America and take my dad's money and anyway. right. But anyway, back in the present, they are all with um, Libby's sister Becky and her brother-in-law celebrating Andre's accomplishment. Even though Becky wants to take credit for it, Andre says he wants to make you know seven figures doing this and is worried that God. you know he's gonna we might end up in competition with each other because her because Becky like 
The rest of the family works for Chuck doing real estate and real estate adjacent things, including flipping houses. Now, um, now that Chuck has come up, Andre mentions, you know, his, his plan moving forward with his new real estate license. He wants to get a loan from Chuck to start his own business. I don't, again, they never bring this up again, but he would be Chuck's competitor in the same industry. (laughs) So, um, anyway, Becky is, you know, off put by Andre cavalierly assuming that Chuck will just give him money because, you know, he thinks he's just going to be, you know, just ask for like a hundred grand. Becky and her husband are pretty offended that Andre just sees Chuck as a bank, but Andre's like, what the prob- what's the problem? Everybody's using him. He backs off and was like, oh, maybe not you, Becky, but Charlie and Jen, your brother and sister, they are definitely looking at Chuck just like a piggy bank. They all warn him that if he wants to ask, he better spend a little more time working on his relationship with Chuck and the whole family because the whole family has a stake in the business. Libby thinks that you know Chuck is going to want to help him out, but the rest of the family is going to have to get on board. So next we see um, is Andre meeting Chuck at a, at, a, at a restaurant, outdoor dining, to make his case for the unofficial business loan. Chuck cuts the small talk and gets straight to the point. What are we here for? Andre says that, you know, for his family to do well, he feels like he should get to work. And Chuck says, hallelujah. Like, because that's their knock against him is he's lazy. But anyway, Chuck is also the guy to see if he wants to make that happen. Chuck reminds Andre that in the past he's offered him jobs to work with his company, but Andre always turns it down because he doesn't want Chuck to be his boss. Andre, you know, seeks to clear things up. He's not looking for a job. What he wants, again, is a $100,000 loan to start his own house flipping business. Chuck refuses off the bat, like laughs at him and says no. He gawks at Andre's audacity. Having a real estate license is no guarantee he can flip a house. And if we're talking business, you know, what's in it for Chuck as the person who gave him a loan? Basically, Chuck says, tells him, well, you're going to have to prove that you can even run a viable business before I turn, turn give you $100,000. So we circle back. Chuck is willing to let Andre come work with him, you know, in his company to learn the ropes. And if he proves he can do it, then Chuck might help set him up at his business. Andre agrees to those terms because that's pretty much all he had to agree to. But Chuck says, you know, he's also going to have to talk to the rest of the family about this because, again, it's it's ultimately their every it's ultimately his decision, but the family has a stake in the business. This part makes Andre nervous because he believes that Jen and Charlie are going to try to talk Chuck out of it. Chuck cautions Andre that if he works with, you know, if he works with Chuck, he'll have to be working with Charlie too because Charlie works in the house flipping part of his business. Andre feels like he doesn't have much of a choice because, you know, he wouldn't be able to get a conventional loan. Uh, but, you know, he doesn't like the situation of having to get along with Charlie one bit. Okay, so how much money would you be willing to loan Andre for his house flipping business at this point? <laughs> Zero. I honestly, I know we kind of hate on Chuck in the past because he's been somewhat... I don't know, just either too much of an enabler in some ways or, right. you know, just kind of gives them money and you're just like, why? Why are you giving them money? Or Yeah, you know? I mean, it's, it was especially bad last season when he just like agreed to pay for the wedding. He was like, well, yeah. I just wanted you to ask. Of course I'm going to pay for it. I was like, are you? Why? Yeah. 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 But I actually thought how he handled this was pretty smart. Uh, he was reasonable. I think it's an absolutely reasonable request for 
him to ask Andre to prove himself because the reality is, is Andre has done nothing to, didn't Chuck pay for him to go to trucking school? What happened to that, right? Chuck paid for that. So it's not like Chuck hasn't given him money. And I could absolutely see, like, if you're thinking about this from a business transaction, why am I going to give you money for something that you're going to abandon? I'm not just going to give you, you know, like 100000 for you to be like, oh, I spent all this money and I like, didn't really know what to do with it. And, you know, that didn't work out. And now I'm at a loss. And... Can you front me some more money because I lost some money out of this? And then, you know, you're like, I get that he's trying to make him prove himself. And I think what he's asking is a very fair way for him to prove it. Yeah, it sucks. I agree. Like, it sucks because of his really bad relationship currently with Charlie and Jen. But at Uh the same time, how else is Andre going to be able to prove himself to Chuck any other way? Yeah, I mean, it's just – it's weird because he's a son-in-law and not a son, but yeah. not that Charlie isn't. Like, he is a pretty poster definition of a fail son, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we tried something. That didn't work. All right, here's some money, more money to try something else. Oh, that didn't work. Oh, here's some more money. And the the unfortunate part about those guys is eventually they end up giving them something where they end up making, like, way more than I'll ever make in my life. Yeah, <laughs> and they're yeah. just like – because they – and because every time they failed at anything, gee, he was there to – all right, well, here you go again. Well, eventually right. I'll just give you the easiest thing I could possibly imagine and just put you in charge. You know, I'll make you the manager of this contractor who is a pro and has been working for 50 years and doesn't need anybody to manage him. And all of a sudden, oh, you're doing great. Making making $300,000 a year. Fantastic. Wow. Yeah. I mean, Charlie also a, is also a fail son, but it's like <laughs> we see it with – we see it through with, with Andre of like all the stuff that he's – tried to do and just failed at and and yeah so now it's like to me to me could you imagine somebody I mean, I, i'm broke right not broke broke but i'm not i'm not chuck right right coming up and be like i've never had a job in my life i've never been able to hold down a job give me six figures worth of money just right sight unseen and especially because the bank won't give it to me yes yeah so uh, i mean I think Chuck handled it pretty well. What he's not handling well is what is going on with this haircut? Whoo. Yeah. It was a pretty bad COVID haircut. I felt bad for him. That that's a that, that's a quarantine haircut. That's yeah. uh that's that's Charlie's cutting his hair and doesn't know what he's doing that going on there. Right. <laughs> it just oh. needs to be it just needed to be a lot shorter. Chuck is to the point where his hair is thin enough and it's bald enough that he just needs to commit to, you know, I'm just going to buzz cut this thing all the way around. Well, it was almost like he had like chunk, like he was trying to cut parts of it. And then he had long strands. Super long. Yeah. Like six or ten, six or eight inches long. They were like, like he's trying to do the world's thin comb over thing. I don't know. It's like trying to do, I don't know if he's just trying to do a Trump bird's nest thing going on, but especially in the wind at that restaurant. Whew. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a challenge. But yeah, other than that, Chuck uh, kind of uh, acting like a good parent should. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely like, like being supportive, but then without being enabling and just like giving out. Yeah, I'm not free just gonna. Give, I'm just gonna give you out free money. Yeah, yeah that's not gonna happen. Yeah, because he he would he would get screwed in that. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 it's also something that I couldn't imagine like asking like my parents for. Like, I, like I'd ask my parents for help, but uh, but also is like because it's like I'm also not 
not bringing it with me to the table, not like thinking about it, but it'd be like, I have this huge track record of following through when I ask for something, when I do, when I choose to do something. Yeah. So if I need your help, you know that I'm going to follow through and do it. Like, and he doesn't have that track record at all. No, he definitely doesn't. So, oof. I'll, it'll be interesting to see how this ends. And I also think it must be somewhat satisfying for Libby because... You know, she's been trying to tell him this entire time. You could just work for my dad. You could just get into the family business. I don't want to do that. I want to be a trucker. Meh. Well, and this one is just like, I, I still, and I'm surprised they didn't bring it up. And I mentioned it before. Like, how are you going to ask somebody for a loan to get into the business that they're in? Yeah. <laughs> I would like to, I would like, I would like a loan so that I can, I can uh, start a company that's going to be your direct competitor. Like, right, that's what right. I would like. Like, why would I give you that loan? It doesn't even make any sense. No, it doesn't. All right. So that covers uh, the ones that were covered this week. So we didn't hear from Cheese Stick and Melissa, yep. uh, Jovi right. and Yara, and Tiffany and Ronald. So we still have a bunch of couples I left. Know. Almost half of them. But, but that, uh, you know how they're going to drag out the season. I'm getting ready for a long haul of 20 yeah. episodes or something. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right. Uh, so who was your student of the week? Uh, so using a sliding scale based on the last time we saw them, uh. based on the last time we saw them, I would say Mike, um, because he actually seemed like he's actually, like I said, we got to see him actually crack a smile and look like somebody like, oh, I could see why someone might want to be with that person for yeah. any extended period of time. Yeah, I actually almost gave it to him, but then the whole, like, his reasoning why he didn't want to wear a ring just annoyed me. So, I went with uh, Kalani, and even then, I, you know... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but she's trying to meet the needs of her husband, right? I don't know if that yeah. means she's making good life choices, but she's at least considering, right. you know, his feelings and trying to make things better for him. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. It's just whether or not that's better for her is uh, largely debatable. Yeah, I don't know if that's the best life choice, but... Right, right. All right, what about your dunce? Uh, I went with Michael. Michael, Michael. So, I went with Mike and Michael. So, okay. Michael, just because Michael, Nigerian Michael, right? Because it was, again, a twofold. We're still beating on this baby thing right. for, from a 54-year-old woman. Like, come on. Like, why are we doing that? I like As soon as it brought up, I was like, oh, we're still talking about this baby thing. Oh, my God. Right? right? But then this uh, only other thing he did was tell was like harp on her how she couldn't get the surgery. So, like, so it just – what both ends was like just him trying to control her body. Sure. And, and that was like that, – that, I didn't like that. So, I mean, he gave him dunce. Okay, so my dunce was actually Angela, but not like in conflict of what you were saying. Uh, you know, it's more so like her just not being able to follow rules, not being able to follow doctor's orders. Like she's putting herself in danger by not following the rules. Um, right. I think also just yeah, we don't need to hear the details of your penis. Well, not her penis, but like. Not her penis. In Michael's the couple, penis. No. The penis in the vagina. We don't need to hear about that. Right. Right. Once in I'm sorry, I'm still stuck on that. Once in a lifetime did it fit. And I was like, wait, what have you been doing? I think you've been doing it wrong. <laughs> this isn't like an interlocking puzzle piece. <laughs> like, yes. It has to be exactly the same size. <laughs> right. Doesn't have to. There's one made for the other. Exactly. <laughs> All right. What about your life lesson? All right. So um, 
I mean, we talked about this a little bit, but it's basically don't, you know, don't base where you want to live um, on how much short-term fun you had in the tourist part of town. Oh, yeah, sure. Right? Because it's it. we, we, you said you mentioned love after lockup, but we've also seen like Colt, right? Oh, Lives yeah. in Vegas, right? We've seen people in this show that are in Vegas and like, you're right, downtown, the part of Vegas where people live and downtown Vegas are just worlds apart from each other. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so my life lesson also geared towards uh, Brandon more specifically. Uh, if someone really, really wants something, it's just like borderline cruel to tease them in a way that gives them some kind of hope. So like yeah. when Brandon oh, is just yeah, like that was really bad. Yeah, he knows she just really wants to get out of the farm. So for him to like tease her and give her some kind of hope, she's like, oh, "Really? No!" Like. Oh yeah, my god, it was, you're the Oh worst. my god, it was so bad. It was it was just like it, it's it's like it was I mean almost like fake proposing to somebody. Yes. Right? It's like what right. the hell is that? That's so me like it's really Did you really cool. want this candy bar? Ha, there's no candy in it. Ha. What a joke. It was just a prank, bro. Like that's a, yeah. that's just mean. Yeah, but except these are big life things, you know? It's one yes. thing to say like, "Oh, a candy bar," right? Cuz like, "Oh, right, how long right. have you wanted that? Like 30 minutes?" You know, yeah. for like two seconds since you saw it, you know, but this is something like this is in her heart of hearts but desire, also, you know, it's also so it's also and it's also something the way he teased her with. Yeah. Oh, did you think I was like romantic and thoughtful and and things? Psych. I'm not any of those things. I know. <laughs> right. Ugh. Did you know I can, did you think I considered your feelings and actually made a decision and, and did something with you in mind? Of course I didn't. What are you? <laughs> what are you? <laughs> ridiculous oh yeah it's just oh it was just so cruel and then the way he was like condescending like okay well we'll just go like live in a cardboard box then it's just like oh why you don't have to be such an asshole about it jeez right like it would have been totally like i I said like to even throw dc or 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 richmond or charlotte or like any other, other city where you could like reasonably be like hey we could actually live in in this other place that is mm-hmm. not like here not casino land but also not a farm yeah and he's just like no that's it all right okay so uh we're just getting started with this group and uh on our other channel we are still continuing with our classic season of before the 90 days uh, season one and we're gonna be wrapping up that soon and we're currently waiting to figure out when the love after lockup premiere date is gonna be we know it's june but we don't know what right. date and so that kind of determines whether or not we're gonna start a new season on our classic or whether we, yeah whether we can squeeze in another classic season yeah. before that or not yeah. right we don't hear i don't i don't know do we really want to put that on ourselves especially because our ap reading is going to be so long <laughs> I know. I know. I know. It's so long, and it's it is a very busy time of year. Yeah, and then it nothing. is. Yeah, because I I think we have AP reading from like June first to the eighteenth. Oh, that's right, we do. Yeah, so it's like I don't I don't think we're gonna want to do three episodes during that time. So I I would almost yeah. like err on the side of caution and just not cover. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Well, we will figure this out, but uh, we'll see you all next week. Yes. All right. Bye. All right. Till then. Bye.